It's Easter Sunday, and uh, we all have, some of you have new clothes on, new new stuff on Easter. Anybody always get new stuff for Easter when they're kids? We did, your kids, my kids, our kids. That's always time you get dresses and stuff. You know, the girls all got dresses, and back in the day, the Easter bonnet, you know, uh, Anyway, so good to see you. Today, uh, on your way out, you're going to get one of these if you want one. Um, it's going to be kind of hard for you to see, but it's a little spike. Uh, it's not just a nail, but a little spike, because the title of this message is, you know, He Nailed It. And I want you to have this. Now, you can you can put it in your pocket, probably put a hole in your pocket after a while. But, uh, you know, you can maybe put a piece of rawhide on it or hang it from something or whatever you want to do. Anyway, it's just a reminder of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago on the cross. That's why we've got the cross up front. And uh, I just like the way, because uh, it doesn't look like a common nail, um, and knowing what he did. But um, with that being said today, I'm in a room full of people that are not perfect. As people are all, I'm, I'm not going to church. I'm not going to go to church full of hypocrites. That's like saying I'm not going to go to the gym because there's people that are unshaped or, you know, heavy there at the gym. Doesn't make much sense. We're all imperfect. We all need work. We all have that. But we all have challenges. Amen? So that being said, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your title is. I don't care. This isn't about that. It's just about everybody's got challenges. Life is is got some things that's going to happen to you. And the answer is we need to, God, how do we do this? How do we navigate this course, you know, to make life the best it can be? I don't want to just exist. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just go through life from crisis to crisis. You know, the, the world's full of people that just need a miracle every day. And God does miracles. But do you want to live that way? Wouldn't you rather live with the peace and knowing that God has already taken care of this and the belief system and walking that out and watching it happen? Can I get in? Well, that sounds real churchy. How about just say, I agree. You know, that's pretty much what amen is. So be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah here's somebody. Word. <laughs> If you're from the, you know, I always do stuff and, and it really dates who I am. Uh, I grew up in the, graduated in 79. Thank you, thank you. I've got one person that likes the, you know, 79. And, you know, I was back in the day, back in the day, I remember, how many remember shooting the loop in Marion? Okay. Some of you are like, what's that? You got in your cars and you went around downtown and you were cool. And sometimes people had junk cars. Sometimes people had big hot rods and you raced up and down the street and got tickets and everything. And everybody sat in the parking lots and everybody sat on top of the hoods and all that stuff. And it was all that was the cool thing. We're going to go shoot the loop on Friday and Saturday night. Why are you telling me this? Really don't know. But um, back in the day, I had a Trans Am and I had a 78 black Trans Am and had a eight track player in it. Yeah, see, look at all the older people. Oh, man. On oh, an 8-track player. I, I remember telling my kids, it was an 8-track player. They're looking at me like, what? You know, if you look at kids nowadays and you go, you know, a typewriter. They've had to see a typewriter in an antique store. Because if you go, tick, 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 we used to do that game in school, tick, 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 ding, you know? They'd be like, why'd you hit the TV screen? The monitor? Because they didn't know what that was. Anyway... Life has is, is brought differences and challenges. I want to live through life and live it in such a way that, man, I'm at least enjoying the ride along the way. I want people to see that God is good. I want them to see God in my life and make a difference. I want to shine with God's presence. 
When you give your life to Christ or if after today we'll give you an opportunity and that's something you want to do, I'm telling you, you can make this connection and you'll find out what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago. In today's age, with all the technology, you can record stuff on your DVR or back in, again, my day, the VCR. Uh, and you record, you could record a sporting event. And if you recorded the event and you already knew the score and then were watching the event, you could understand, no matter, even if your team was behind and you knew the final score, you knew the outcome, you didn't really care because you knew they'd come back and win because you already knew the score. What I'm trying to get to you is this story, what we're talking about 2,000 years ago, has already been recorded. It's in your book. It's in the Bible. It's already done. You've already won Everything that you're needing has already been paid for. Every battle that you're fighting, he's already broke through. Every need that you have, he's already provided for. He nailed it. And so we need to understand if we can access that, then we can walk differently because we already know the outcome. We already know the end of the story. We win. God never intended for you to go through life in fear, backing down. To the enemy, intimidated, depressed, insecure, being at a disadvantage. The problem is so big, we'll never be out of debt. The doctors say I'll never get well. God never intended that stuff for you and I. Romans eight eleven says this, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He'll give you life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Most of us believe that Jesus had incredible power. It's easy, we'll go, yeah, well, He was God. But you got to understand, you got to get this in your... We always think, well, it's God, so it doesn't matter. It's just God. Of course, it's Jesus. He can walk on water. It's God. You got to understand that Jesus was God in human form. He was God, yet he was man. How many know what I'm talking about? That's what the Bible says. With that being known, he could have made mistakes. If you think that he couldn't have, then the sacrifice is not great, is it? Think about it. If he could never do anything wrong, then he's never really going to go through anything, and it really doesn't matter because... So what big deal is the sacrifice? I'm telling you, the Bible says he did not sin. He could have, but he did not. This is what makes the sacrifice great. He was the sinless Lamb of God. And that same power that happened 2000 thousand years ago he gave to you and i he nailed it back then and gave it to us so knowing that jesus has taken care of these things we start this message the bible says god turned and said he's putting that power in you if death couldn't keep him in the grave the only way to activate this power now check this out is belief you have to believe you got to believe. You have to believe because that's what God doesn't force himself. You choose. He chose you before you ever chose him, according to the Bible. And the word is always true. But we must choose. We must choose to believe. How many times did Jesus say, your faith has made you whole? Your faith has made you well. Go now, your faith. Because their belief system, even though they might not understand everything, they still believed in what he did and who he stood for. Unbelief gets you what it always promises it'll get you. Nothing. You can choose not to believe or you can choose to believe. The choice is yours. 
if you want to believe the situation is impossible, you'll never get out of it. The, the ship is sinking. Last one out of Marion, turn out the lights. I remember that. There was a bumper sticker that years ago. You want to believe that? That's the life that you're going to end up walking out. Life and death are in your mouth. You need to change and stop your thinking from stinking. You need to start accessing good thoughts. I love Romans 12 too. It's not what we don't have that up here. But basically it just says God will help change the way you think. So then you'll know what's pleasing to him and you can do that. That's awesome. You are not created to back away, run from difficulty, or live like an ostrich with their head stuck in the sand. That's not what God wants. The enemy can't stop you. Jesus took the keys from the enemy and he gave them to us. And Matthew says we have the keys to the kingdom. Jesus said he has all power and he gives that power by delegated authority to you and I. That's pretty cool. You should be talking to yourself. all. You ever see Evan Almighty? Anybody ever see that? That's a cute movie, but he stands in front of the mirror. I'm good looking. I'm in, 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 in. <laughs> he says all these things about himself, you know, and people's like, oh, that's just that positive. Would you rather have negative? I'm uglier in a mud fence. I can't do anything right. I mean, you know, no, but he speaks positive. You should be telling yourself good things. God, I, I, I'm good looking. You should be telling yourself I'm wealthy. I'm successful. I have a great family. Everything I put my hands to, God, you bless. I honor you in everything that I do. I will not lack. I will not be intimidated. I do not fear. It's not over. You didn't say it's over, so it's not over. I walk in the power of God. God, you are inside of me. Why? Because he nailed it. Fred, I don't feel powerful. I want you to be cautious because you cannot be led by feelings. We have a world that's led by their feelings. The feelings are your flesh. In other words, when, when we accept God, we accept Jesus as our Savior, we are three-part beings. We are body, soul, and spirit. Okay? So when we accept God, it's our spirit that gets connected with God. Our body is what our spirit is housed in, and our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions, our flesh, and how we operate, what we think, what we feel. We can't operate by... Anybody ever get mad and just say things you didn't mean? Or th say things you meant, but then you wish you could have not said them and took them back. Because once they're said, pretty hard to get them back, isn't it? You know, open mouth, insert foot. We've all done that probably from time to time. But we have to understand, God, this is how you created us. So when we get saved, it's our spirit that is the connection. And so that is what we have to say. All right, God, because of that, that same spirit that was in Christ Jesus is in me. Because he nailed that, he gave me the power to overcome the enemy. Because Jesus sacrificed on the cross, because he nailed it, now I'm able to do what God has called me to do. You can't go by what you feel. You ever hear the saying, what you see is what you get? I want to go a little bit further. What you see and what you say and what you believe, what you see and what you say is what you seize or what you get. So depending on your belief system, if you're going to see and say, how many have known somebody that's completely negative every time you talk to them? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> you might be sitting right beside them. He's talking about you. <laughs> uh, but sometimes you just want to, you know, I love you, but oh. 
because they're always the person that sees the glass half empty and you always see the glass half full. And so it just seems like, you know, instead of seeing something good, they'll find the something bad. And it works either way. You can see it, say it and seize the bad or you can see it, say it and seize the good. I would rather seize the good. I'd rather get the good. God, help me find the good. You might be saying, well, there's these people drive me nuts, but there's good in those people. Find the good. Look for the good. Our first thought for this morning. What God sees. What does God see? When he looks at you, what does he see? He sees it's finished. He sees that it's been nailed. That addiction you're fighting, it's nailed. He nailed it so you could have freedom. All of those things that are going on that you're battling against, he nailed it so you could be free. The sickness that seems to keep coming on you, he's freed you. He nailed it. God sees you whole. He sees you free. I heard a story of a guy that was in the hospital and he was having trouble there. He was so weak and the doctors weren't giving him much. And this is what he had his family do. He said, I want you to bring my jogging suit. He said, bring my jogging suit. He said, Dad, you can't run. He said, bring my jogging suit. I want you to set it right here. My suit right here. My nice new blue tennis shoes right on top of it. And they said, why? This is what I'm telling you. Because he wanted to look at that suit and see himself in it and see himself running and see himself healthy. Come on. Because he needed to go somewhere. He had plans to do something. I'm telling you, Jesus nailed it. How does God see you as he told you to do something and you just can't see how it's going to be possible? It's not your flesh that he's talking to. It's your spirit that is connected that you have to submit and say, God, it's not what I want because what I want is going to be my flesh. I want this to stop. I want, I want, I want. But my spirit says... What do you want? And that's what we submit to. And when we do that, what he nailed on the cross has been given to you to make yourself free. Not just for you, but for those around you to see and experience the glory of God. Elbow your neighbor and say, are you awake? Come on, this is Easter. You guys are quiet. First service was even louder than you right now. You're going to help me out. Are you going to help me? Come on, help me out a little bit. All right. <laughs> but Brett, the giant's big. I want to have this battle. I want to get this over with. But he's big. He comes out every day and he tells me it's like the day you start a diet. It's the day someone shows up with pizza. He... Yeah, <laughs> preach and donuts isn't that true though it's it's when you recognize now come on when you draw a line when the line is vague the devil doesn't say much when the line is drawn now it's on so when you draw the line that's when things start happening but again what does god see so we got to start looking at things the way that god looks at things and we got to start saying all right god what do you see the, the giant can be ugly. You can, you G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. You ugly. <laughs> I'm not even going to go. And somebody's going to turn me loose here in a minute. What if the giant's not ugly? What if he's pretty because the enemy can come as an angel of light and it doesn't have to be ugly. If he showed up in a pitchfork and snarling teeth, you're going to go, oh, that's the devil. What if he shows up and he looks good? 
You better have that connection. Because the connection can discern the bone from the marrow. The connection can say, this is the good, the bad. The connection can say, zoom, zoom. you can be a Jedi or, I am your father. <laughs> you don't want to be the dark side. Let's, let's figure out what God says. How can we get past where we're at? God, help me beat this giant. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. We have the advantage. Jesus nailed it to the cross to give us the advantage. God gave each of us a backbone. Isn't it time we stood up and said, all right, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, most people don't even know what that's like until they're forced. Come on, you know that's true. Sometimes it's like, ah, I got to do this. How many have to file taxes? You don't. How many want to file taxes? How many like to get money back? <laughs> but, you know, they... There's that wonderful April 15th deadline that it's just like, ah, oh, I got to do it before noon. And how many don't want to know? And then if it comes back good, you're like, cool. All right. That's great. <laughs> what I'm telling you is we, we, there, we, so many times we have to be pushed. Sometimes the difference between what happens and what doesn't happen is in your belief system. You're going to hear me say this a lot. What do you believe? If God said it, that should settle it because Jesus nailed it. Sometimes people ask me, I don't understand how that happened. I can't always tell them. I don't really understand all how it happened either. I just know that's what he told me. That's what I did. That's what happened. I don't get it other than I got it. It almost seems vague, but yet it's, it's great when you walk things out and you start seeing God come to life. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. By hearing and by hearing, sometimes you're going to have to just say the right thing. You're going to have to hear yourself say the word of God over and over again. Just not not just ritualistic like, uh, Father, which you are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Mm. Not that kind of stuff, but I mean, just like with a heart that says, you know what, God, I'm hurting. But Lord, you said. And so I'm going to believe that. You see, that difference is 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 teachable. That difference is and God loves the other person just as much. But the receptiveness of receiving is what changes the faith. Come on, somebody. It's when you believe that you receive and things start happening. It's amazing what happens. Our second thought for this morning. Not just what what does God see, but what does the enemy see? What does the enemy see? The enemy knows what Jesus nailed 2000 years ago. But what he's trying to stop is from you to know that. Because he knows what happens. He knows what will happen if you get a hold of what we're talking about. He knows what happens. He knows what he has to submit to. He knows what happens. So his job is to keep you from knowing it. That's why the enemy comes after the word is what it says in Mark. The word that's sown, that's what he comes after. Why? Because the word is most powerful of anything. Because the word was made flesh. The word is God. Did you catch that? That's why the word works. If we work the word, the word works. That's how that works. If you believe the word, that's how it works. The enemy will try to get you to doubt the word so it won't work. So you'll be messed up. He likes to keep you messed up. If you act on something you don't really believe in. It's just an act. 
But if you'll say, you know what, God, I really don't understand this, but even maybe you do. And if you do, that's even all the better. But I believe your word. And if you say that, I have people get mad at me all the time when I was working at Honda. They'd just say, I, how come you believe that? And I'd say, well, I, I read it in the book. I saw it. In, I saw it in the Bible. And they'd say, well, where is it? So then I'd show it to them and they'd go, oh, that doesn't mean that. And I said, pretty sure it does. Well, how come? How do you believe that? I don't know, just because it says it. You mean you're just going to believe it because it says it? Yeah. Anybody in here remember the day when your word meant something? Remember my grandfather, he helped teach me how to shake hands. He'd say, you grab, get a firm handshake, look him in the eye and say, how are you? You know, whatever the greeting is. How are you? My dad reinforced that. Nobody, no, guys, just for the guys in the room, nobody likes a limp fish handshake. Nobody likes that. So anyway, and my kids grew up with the, how many of you remember the movie Hook with Robin Williams? Peter Pan. And this is what Robin Williams would always say to his son. I, his name was Peter Banning in the movie. Banning, Zach. See, he's the authority on that, Banning. And he would look at his son and he'd say, my word is my bond. That's a phrase that was taken from years ago where that was true. If somebody would say something, they'd say, my word is my bond. Where your word actually meant, if you said, I'll be there, you would be there. Come heck or high water, you'd be there. And if something happened, you'd explain why you weren't there, but you'd do everything in your power to get there. You didn't have to sign your name. You didn't have to do anything because you shook on it. Your word was your bond. Three of us remember that. We live in a day now where your word is whatever you can get the attorney to help you with. Let's find a loophole. Let's find a way to get around. How the enemy sees you. Are you integrable? Are you honest? Is your word your bond? Are you following what he says? That's what you need. That's what you need. My kids grew up and we would do different things with them and we would promise them to go places. We'd go to Cedar Point or something and they would pipe up, Mal or Zach or Sam, and actually they're all here today. And uh, they would say this, they'd ask me if I'd say, hey, we're going to go to Cedar Point. This is what they'd ask. Daddy, do you promise? Because if I said, I promise... This is what they would do. They would then go in their rooms and they would just start getting ready. Because my word was my bond. If I would say, well, we want to go or we're going to try. My boys would be like, okay, well. (laughs) They'll do something else until we said. But if I said, yes, are we going tomorrow? Yes. Then that night. The kids do different things. Some of them would lay out their clothes and, you know, whatever. But because that meant something. How does the enemy see you? There's a story in the Bible of a Syrian army that was doing all of these nasty things to the Israelites. And every time they wanted to do something, um, the Israelites found out about it. And so the Syrian commander thought there was a spy in his midst. And this is with Elisha. And, uh, and so finally, one of the guys told the, the Syrian commander, they said, no, no, we don't have a spy. We don't have a leak. Every time you say something, whatever you say in secret, God hears it, and he goes and tells this dude. 
And so he knows what you're doing, and then he tells them, and then they all move, and we don't know where they're at. So this guy gets ticked, and he doesn't send one or two guys to take care of Elisha. He sends everybody. And Elisha's servant goes out to fetch some water, and he looks up, and he sees this Syrian army, and he's like, Elizabeth, I'm coming to join you, honey. And he runs back in, and he says, man, we're surrounded. And Elisha says, listen, Lord, now listen to me, because he's connected here. Let him see what he needs to see that he can't see in the natural. Now, remember, we're natural beings. We are human beings and we live in the five sense realm, the touching, seeing, the tasting, the smelling, the hearing, all of that. And that is the area of attack of the enemy. He, he attacks you in the sense realm in those so, because when you see something, you respond and react to it. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, and but this is what happens. Our, our eyes, our spiritual eyes, see something that they cannot see. So Elijah prays that and he tells the servant to go back out. And now he goes back out and he just sees this whole army around the Syrian army of angels. Just massive. Could it be that you've been looking with just your natural eyes at your situation? What if, because he nailed it 2,000 years ago, that it's already provided for you? You don't have to get excited. You don't have to get intimidated. You don't have to get afraid. You don't have to be depressed. But you can just rest secure to know that he's got it covered. I challenge you today to listen to what I'm saying. When you leave today and you have that little nail, whatever you're facing... He took care of it. He nailed it. He made a way for you to be free. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus nailed it. We need to keep the right perspective. Here's our last thought this morning. We've talked about what God sees. We've talked about what the enemy sees. Can't go any further without finding out what you see. What do you see? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself? Well, you know what? I'm always going to be in debt. Oh, I, I don't know. I'll never see myself past this level. Or this seems to have followed me my whole life. Or are you going to believe what the word says? There's a lot of times I, you know, I just I couldn't really see myself. The way I wanted to, that God saw me. I, I mean, it sounds good. But man, I just I had I had trouble. The giant comes out every day, doesn't he? You're battling stuff. He's coming out every day just to tell you how stupid you are or how much he's going to crush you or whatever. Best I can tell you is, you know, I... I want, you know, you you can have things almost normal or, or what you think is normal, but little things that just eat at you. Come on, you know what I mean? And they just kind of just, you know what a peony flower is? They're, they're those things that have the ants that crawl all over them. You know why the ants crawl on them? Not because the ants don't have any other place to crawl, but because the ants eat the stuff that holds the flower in. And when the ant eats the stuff, it opens the flower. 
God, are you trying to tell me this stuff that's eating at me is going to make me bloom like a flower? I don't know. What I'm trying to tell you is everybody goes through stuff. But how you view that and how you see yourself is how you're going to make the journey. Now, I, I, I'm a very blessed man. I've, I have wonderful kids. They're all married but one. Wonderful spouses. Love every one of them. So happy with all of them. Wonderful grandkids on the way. Plural. <laughs> Only one going to have one in May, but I got a couple others. I'm saying, bless God, that's how I see it. Isn't that right, Zach? <laughs> Look, Kidron's going, I don't know. I, I don't know. Where's Mal and Justin? Oh, Justin's in the back. He's ducking behind the soundboard. But now, what I'm saying is, you know, I, I got struggles. Sometimes people think, oh, the pastor doesn't have any struggles. What? What you talking about, Willis? I mean, I, I got, you know, I, I was almost 70 pounds heavier than I am now. I couldn't even sleep in my own bed because this is what I got. Now, now this isn't a, the crack against my wife. It's not. Honey, you're snoring. Honey, you're snoring. Honey, you're snoring. You're snoring. After about 15 of those, I'll show you snoring. I can't sleep. And she's like, I can't either because you sound like a train's coming through this. I stayed awake. I didn't hear nothing. But I just get to sleep and be, honey, honey, honey. I'm like, are we making a record? What? Stop it. And I ended up going down on the couch and stuff. And it's just like, ah. Oh. And I couldn't sleep good. And it was just like, ah. Oh. And then when you don't sleep, you get irritable. And when you're irritable, you snap. And when you snap, it's always fun. And she would tell me, I'm telling you, it's the weight. And I would be telling her, no, it's not. I know skinny people that snore. And I was trying to fight that battle. And if I could find any skinny people, I'd line them up. See, do you snore? Yes. Ha ha. (laughs) Karen's like, I snore. Bless you, sister. (laughs) But she said, honey, I'm telling you, when we got married, you didn't snore. And I'm just thinking, you didn't remember. You were just full of love. What has happened to you? (laughs) So anyway, I'm just telling you my journey. So it got to the point. God had spoken to me and said, I need you to get in shape for what you have ahead of you. You need to be in shape. And that's in essence what he told me. And I put it on the refrigerator. And for a couple years, I I played around with being in shape. You know, round is a shape. I'd like to play around with that. (laughs) I just... (laughs) So, you know, the pictures on the website and on the, uh, uh, if you go to the movie theater, you'll see us on the screen there. That's 65 pounds ago. So, I, we got to get new pictures, but we're kind of waiting to get in our new building so we can put all that stuff up and get all that. But anyway, make a long story short, I had to see myself thin. Now, I'm not skinny or anything like that. I'm, I'm about less than 20 pounds or so away from the goal weight I want. But, and I'll get that up. But what I'm saying, I had to see myself different. Come on, then I see myself now. Or then. And I had to look. I looked at some pictures that would help motivate me. I had to put something in front of me. Because what, not just what God sees. God could see me doing whatever. He could see me in great shape. He sees me that way. The enemy wants to see me like, hey, hey, hey. You know? And if he could kill me in the first two weeks, then he'd do it. But I have to see myself. God, how do you want me to see? So then, now here's the deal. Then i got to walk it out. Why? Because Jesus nailed it. 
So I got to see myself that everything I need to do what I need to get to, he's already nailed so I can get to it. Say amen to that, somebody. So this is what I'm like, God, for me to find this, he led me to another brother of mine. There's another pastor who lost 75 pounds in four and a half months. And I'm like, dude, that's crazy. I lost 65 in four months because I just like, all right. But then I, here's what I said. I don't know how I'm going to do this. So God showed me a way and he said, I already had it. And I'm like, I don't have it. Let's got to have this money. He showed me some things I had I don't use. I could sell and paid for the money I needed to get started on what I was doing. Does that make sense? So here's what I'm trying to tell you is it was already there. He already nailed it. He already knew I'd get to this part and I had to go ahead and start saying, okay, I'm going to walk that out. And then the fruit comes from that. Why does the enemy hate you so bad? I got two kids that work at Myers. Maddie works at Myers and Zach works at Myers. Zach tells me all the time and he's right here so he can, if it's not true, he can stand up and smack me, but he won't because I'll take him down. No, I'm going <laughs> I love him. Anyway, he said people come up to him all the time and go, you're Brett Gleesman's son, aren't you? And he'll go, yeah. People come up and go, are you a Gleesman? Are you Brett's boy? Are you? And he'll be like, yeah. And I thought to myself, how could two good looking guys be so... I'm teasing. Anyway, why? Because he's my kid. And so he looks like me. Sam is right beside him. He looks like me. We resemble each other. The Bible says that you and I are made in God's image. That's why the enemy doesn't like you. Because you remind him of God. Because when he sees you, he sees God. He sees something inside you. Why? Because Jesus nailed it. That something is that spirit that connected and nailed it. So whatever you need, you can walk this out. If I can walk off 65 pounds or whatever, you can do whatever you need. Well, Brett, you don't know I'm addicted. Okay, he nailed it. We can take care of that. I got health issues. Okay, he nailed it. I'm broke. He nailed it. You've got to start believing that and you've got to start acting what the Bible says and walking it out. There was no little fat cutting angel that came down to take the fat off me. <laughs> yes, really? I hate that. <laughs> Sir, you're going to have to roll over. <laughs> no, I had to believe and walk it out. And it's a process. Turn to your neighbor and say it's a process. The giant is ugly, but he's going to go down if you realize and walk out the fact that Jesus nailed it. That's what you got to understand. Part of this is, is this. And, um, you know, I said this in the first service. This is the best that I can. I'm going to try to make you make this connection. You most of you know where we live now. We we sold our house. And here's a plug. If you need a great realtor, it's my son-in-law. He's sitting back there. Go, go find him. He'll sell your house for you. Nobody else could sell my house, but he did. Well, God and him. True story. I mean, that's pretty much how that goes down. I mean, we have good people. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, but God used him to do it. Anyway, we're moving into town. And uh, so we're going to be doing that before too long. That being said... Where I live now, I have a really cool mower. I bought it, what, 15 years ago maybe or more? Maybe even more than that. I don't know. But anyway, it's like a Star Wars racer. You know, it's cool. It's a zero turn, 52-inch cut, and that thing will cut grass. And I've had it for years, and it works awesome. 
Sam bought a house, renovated it outside of Mount Vernon and has a pretty good sized yard, probably about the size yard I have right now. And so right now he doesn't have a mower. Now, listen to me. I want you to catch what I'm saying. Okay. I said, you can, when I move into town, you can have my mower. Now, did he pay for it? Who am I to Sam? I'm his. Okay. Who paid for it? Who's given it to him? What does he have to do? He doesn't have to do anything to pay for it. He has to come and get it. Well, I guess if I had a trailer, I'd take it to him, but I don't have a trailer, so he has to come and get it. (laughs) My point is this. It's already paid for. He needs a lawnmower. God is already going to use us to provide that for him. Are you seeing what I'm saying? He didn't have to. It's just something that's done. Zach lives in town. His yard is small. He's like, Dad, I need a mower. Take this one. He's got that one. But it's not a great mower, but at least it works. (laughs) It's got two squirrels on it going... (laughs) What I'm saying is, whatever the need is, Jesus has already nailed it and already provided it for it. It's just a matter of walking it out. Now, years ago, Sam didn't go, you know what? I bet dad's going to give me the mower. Zach said, dad will give me a mower or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, if God wasn't using me, he'd just use somebody else or give him the money to go get one. Come on, because he's already nailed it. God doesn't want you to sit here and act like God can't help you. God can help you. He wants your needs met. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's in Philippians. So it's there, but we have to understand Jesus nailed it. I'm going to tell you one story and I'm finished. Now I want you to hear this and then we're going to close this thing out. This story is a story of a, of a guy that's on a mountainside. He's got a horse. It's a very narrow mountain, and it's just enough room for the horse to go down. He's kind of leaning it to the side. It's a cliff on the mountain. He's going down, and he gets to one point, and he sees this big rattler snake just laying across the path. And, of course, snakes and horses don't get along. Well, most snakes and people don't get along neither. Uh, and so he's like, he can't go... If he goes over, what if the snake bites the horse or scares him? He'll fall off the horse. He could die. The horse could fall or whatever. So he sits there. He's contemplating. What do I do? What do I do? How many have had the enemy will let you? He'll just freeze you. What if, what if, what if, what, 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 what? And he'll get you just to stay and not do anything. So this guy, he starts saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he sees the thing stretched out and he sees that his head is underneath this rock. And he's like, he's just shading under that rock. I got it. I'll get another rock and I'll throw the small rock on the big rock. It'll crush the, the snake's head and I'll, I'll be able to get across. Then these th- thoughts come to mind. What if the snake, it doesn't kill him and it just makes him mad? And what if he comes back to bite me? I got nowhere to run. What, what if? So he's afraid. And finally he says this. I'm going to do it. So he gets a rock and he throws it and he hits the other rock and the snake never moves. And he looks at it again and he does it again. And the snake never moves. And he finally goes over and realizes the snake was already dead. The original rock he thought it was shading under was the rock that somebody had already been there before him and crushed the snake's head. 
My point and the moral of the story is Jesus has already crushed his head. Okay? It's already, it's already done. He's already nailed it. He's already taken care of whatever. I mean, you might be just saying, I, you know, we, I get all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to church. Did I say this at the beginning of this service or the last service? The church is full of hypocrites. Last service. So you get it this one then. All right. People say, I won't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Okay, it's full of people. People are like that. I'm not saying that's good. But that's like saying I'm not going to go to the gym because it's full of people that aren't fit. If you want me to be plainer, I won't go to the gym because it's full of fat people. That's why people are at the gym. (laughs) People come to church because they're trying to get things right. Do they still do things wrong? You bet. Is it still imperfect? Sure is. I'm not perfect, but I'm telling you, he nailed it. I thank God for his grace and mercy. I thank God that if I do it wrong, he nailed that. My challenge to you is this. How does God see it? He sees you victory. He sees you ahead, not behind. How does the enemy see it? He's got to stop you. He's going to try to stop you from getting the word of God in you and believing it to go forward. How do you see you? Now that one's up to you. You going to let him stop you? Are you going to fight the giant? Are you going to tell the giant, you know what? Like we said before, U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. (laughs) I'm going to tell the giant, "Mm -mm." something inside of you is about, you got to have enough. If you're tired of just, you know, my kids have seen a lot of stuff. They've seen good, they've seen bad. But they've always seen God take care of me. Always. I don't even know how God has done it sometimes, but he's just amazing. So that stuff has to get in their in their mind and go, you know what? I, I don't even get it. They've seen people turn. They've seen stuff. But they've also seen God be so good that people cannot deny. My friends, this Easter, this day, isn't it time you applied the nail? Isn't it time that you said, Jesus, I accept what you did, I'm free. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?